Riverside Cafe. The optometrist's office was nearby, so May and Jennifer, along with May's seeing eye dog, a golden retriever named Josh, walked up Post Street to make it to the morning appointment. Jennifer assured him that the visit would take no more than 30 minutes. May had never accompanied his wife to an eye appointment and was pleasantly surprised to learn that they would be out so quickly. The waiting room grabbed Jennifer's attention straight away. An interior designer, she lived in a world of color and flow, and she began describing it to May, the direction the chairs faced, the narrowing of the hallway that led to the exam rooms, the tope of the wall behind the receptionist, whose cheekbones are stunning, by the way. It intrigued May that he had married a woman whose universe was so dominated by the visual, and it delighted him that she felt so passionate about sharing it all with him, even about the beautiful women. A few minutes later, Mike Carson, the optometrist, greeted May and Jennifer and led them to an office. Carson examined Jennifer, recorded some measurements, and told her he would write her a new contact lens prescription. May was glad that things had gone so quickly. This would allow him to get home in time to pick up their sons from school. Carson finished making his notes and flipped on the light. He looked at May for a few seconds, made another note in Jennifer's file, then looked back at May. He asked how long it had been since May had seen an eye doctor. At least ten years, May replied. How about if I take a look, Carson asked. That's a long time to go without seeing a doctor. You want to examine me, May asked. Just for a second, said Carson. Let's just make sure everything is healthy in there as long as you're here. May thought about it for a moment and said, Sure, why not? May and Jennifer switched places so that May now was in the examining chair, the one with the chin holder and instrument that looked like the pay-per-view binoculars on top of the Empire State Building. I think you're going to find that I'm blind, May joked. The doctor leaned in and immediately saw that May had a blue-colored prosthetic left eye. His right eye, his natural eye, was nearly opaque and all white, evidence of dense corneal scarring. No pupil or color could be seen at all. Some blind people wear dark glasses to conceal such an eye, but May had never felt the need to do so. His eyelid drooped a bit, leaving his eye mostly closed, so no one reacted badly to it. Carson stepped away and sat on a stool. Mike, he said, I wonder if you'd mind if my partner, Dr. Dan Goodman, takes a look at you. He's an ophthalmologist, one of the best in the country. I think he'd be interested. May glanced toward Jennifer with just the slightest quizzical look. Jennifer was already wearing the same expression. I guess it can't hurt, May said. Carson left the room. For a moment, neither May nor Jennifer said anything. Then each said to the other, That's interesting. A moment later, Carson returned with his partner, Dr. Goodman, age 42, introduced himself, and asked May how he'd lost his vision. It was a chemical explosion when I was three, May replied. Do you have an ophthalmologist? Goodman asked. He died about ten years ago. He'd been my doctor since the accident, said May. What did he tell you about your vision? Goodman asked. He tried three or four corneal transplants when I was a kid, May said. They all failed. After that, he told me that I would never see. I'd be blind forever. He was supposed to be a great ophthalmologist. I knew he was right. Who was he? Goodman asked. Dr. Max Fine, May replied. Goodman's eyes lit up. Dr. Fine was a legend, Goodman said. He was my teacher. I sought him out when I was young and asked to do surgery with him on Wednesday nights. 
He was one of the great ophthalmologists in the world. May and Goodman spent a minute reminiscing about Dr. Fine. Then Goodman asked, Mind if I take a look? Not at all, May replied. Goodman dimmed the lights, stepped forward, and using the thumb and forefinger on one hand, opened the lid of May's right eye. The stillness of the touch startled May. Goodman's hand stayed motionless, absent the vaguest hint of tremor. May had felt that kind of touch only once before, from Dr. Fine, who had held his eye open in just the same way. Goodman peered into May's eye. He saw the massive corneal scarring that trademarks a chemical explosion. He shone a pen light into May's eye, which May could barely detect. Most blind people have some vague light perception. But when Goodman waved his hand in front of the eye, May could not perceive the movement. Goodman conducted a few more tests, then looked through the same biomicroscope Carson had used. It took only moments for him.